Joining us in the studio, the mayor of Collingwood, we say hello to Ryan Saunderson. Brian, Brian, welcome back and Happy New Year. Good morning. Thank you and Happy New Year to you guys. It's great to be back. Brian is proudly festooned in his uh, Collingwood Shipbuilders jersey. What a game. It was a fantastic game, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, it was the brainchild of one of our board members and it was a great night. Uh, there was a lot of the shipbuilder veterans in the crowd and the, a number of them on the ice for the puck drop and there was a crowd of almost a thousand. Uh, I think over the weekend between the two games, they had uh, about 1,800 in attendance, and they're the top franchise in Ontario for attendance. Wow. So it's been a great okay. season, and it was a wonderful night, and uh, and they came out on top. I certainly feel that the uh, the team has brought a lot of excitement to the town, something that we've missed for a while in, in that area. Uh, are, are you still feeling the same positivity back when the decision was made to give it to the, the Collingwood Colts? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I would say now that the team's on the ice and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the ownership has shown such an incredible commitment to the community. And uh, my wife Susie and I, we have three uh, players billeting with us right now. And uh, Susie's been helping out with the billeting. So the response from the community, from the billet uh, families to the people in the stands to our local businesses has been just uh, top notch. That's fantastic. Yeah. It- Let's talk about the New Year's levy. It was just last Sunday. Uh, great turnout. And some really positive comments from yourself. You're looking forward to 2020. Oh, yes. We have uh, a lot of causes for optimism in our community. We're the 22nd best community in Canada to, to live in uh, for a whole bunch of reasons and even more that they didn't even mention. And uh, we are partnering with the UN uh, Habitat Forum uh, on sustainability and uh, will be a model city for the world. So uh, Collingwood has a lot to be proud of, a lot to be optimistic about, and it was a fantastic day. We got to acknowledge our, our uh, Order of Collingwood winners, Larry Hogarth, Ron McRae, Shashi and Ezwar Prasad, David Saunders and Barbara Sharp, and to uh, honour our uh, lone companion of the Order of Collingwood, uh, Marilyn King Lawrence. And uh, I can tell you, having been on the committee and just dealing with volunteers on a daily basis, there's just uh, so much uh, energy and commitment in our community that picking these uh, six individuals was a very tough task. They have to be pretty extraordinary. They are, and yeah. there's a lot of extraordinary stories out there that go unrecognized. So just to uh, to all our volunteers in the community and to the residents of Collingwood, I would ask that we all give a nod of appreciation to these incredible people and the others that weren't recognized because it really is the lifeblood of our community. Fantastic. I thought today we could do a bit of a State of the Union. I'm just going to give you topics. You tell me where we sit on them. Even if there's nothing, you can just say there's no change. Um, the Elvis Festival, uh, we haven't had the – there's been no promotion, no marketing, nothing going out. It's getting close to that time that that stuff should be out. Where do we sit with that? Uh, I am not able to update you on that. Uh, as you know, it's not a municipal event moving forward, but it is open to uh, private facilitators. And uh, whether any have put in bids, uh, uh, that would have to be uh, that question would have to be answered. Last, I, last we talked, there was maybe as many as three bids in, and uh, there was a matter of making a selection. Has has that even selection taken place? And again, uh, we'd have to ask Dean Colbert. Okay. I don't know. We'll try and get him in there. Well, get, yes, we should. Get. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the uh, the funds that uh, the, that we need to spend, or we don't need to spend, but we have to spend uh, from the sale of Collis and the uh, um, and and all that stuff. Where, where's that money going? Any movement on that? Uh, that decision uh, has yet to be made. There's uh, continuing uh, public input, and we have gathered uh, significant public input. 
And uh, so that decision will be made during the first quarter of this year. Is there a deadline that has to be decision has to be made? Or do we want to impose one? No. In fact, it, well, I mean, I think decisions need to be made uh, in terms of establishing reserves or earmarking monies. But the good news on this is that um, uh, while we didn't receive these monies at the beginning of last year, we earned about a little over 400000 in interest. Mm. So when we earmark these uh, amounts for uh, reserve funds or for uh, legacy projects uh, like uh, potentially a multi-use facility moving forward, th- these funds will sit in, in, uh, in the reserve and, and generate interest. So uh, while the decision may be made about how we're going to utilize the funds, uh, they're not necessarily being spent immediately. And so in the interim, they will generate interest to help grow that legacy project. So um, there's not really urgency, I would say, to make these decisions, Mm -hmm. but it it is something that we're committed to doing, and uh, we want extensive public input before we make those decisions. And I, and I guess on that front, just to grab the conversation a bit, John, um, in terms of our fiscal uh, situation right now, um, we are sitting, I would say, in a very good position. That's another cause for my optimism at the levy. Um, we have paid down debt uh, since 2015 of over $19 million. Nice. So we went from $39 million down to just over $20 million. So that's a reduction of 48% over five mm. years, and that will continue. And this year, uh, I'm told we have a number of um, notes uh, coming due, and so next year it will be even less. So that's a positive thing. And uh, then the budgets for the last two years, um, I really commend staff and council for the hard work we did. Last year in 2019, the budget was an increase of 1.13% in the rate uh, when the rate of inflation was 2.3%. So we were below the rate of inflation, and uh, this year we were an increase of 1.09% in the rate, when the rate of inflation was, uh, well, sorry, it was 1.9 in 2019 and 2.3 in 2018. So those are very uh, promising budgets. We were probably the lowest in Simcoe County in terms mm-hmm. of rate increases. And so we've been able with that to, I think, also uh, increase our services and uh, run a very efficient town hall. So those are all causes for optimism. I think our financial house is, is really in order. That's good because we're going to have to start paying for the uh, Collingwood uh, inquiry. Uh, Where do we stand on that in terms of uh, when do we have to start paying those bills and uh, when will we get the report? Those bills have been paid. Okay. Okay. So they've been paid out of reserve. And it's a good point. I mean, as I said at the levy, this has been – Collingwood had the courage to shine a light in town hall and uh, it's not always flattering. Mm. And uh, so if you look at the investment uh, of $5 million, if you look at our budget of $90 million a year, so over six years, that's over $500 million, half a billion dollars. So if you look at an investment uh, of 1%. 5 million as a percentage is not that bad. It's 1%. And if you were to have this discussion about uh, roads or sewers or community facilities, you'd be telling me that's a solid investment. Right. And so what I'm telling the populace is that this is a very solid investment in our governance structure. And 1% to make sure that we can account for every dollar that goes through town hall is money well spent in my mind. And quite frankly, it's going to help other municipalities avoid the similar issues that we've got and and 
there might be a chance the province would recognize that. Well, I absolutely, I agree. Those are discussions that will happen. Once we have the report, we know mm. the scope of the findings and the recommendations. And I'm hopeful, you know, this is a, a very big undertaking. And we've seen in the past, whether it be the Toronto Inquiry or the Mississauga Inquiry, things like the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act and the Municipal Act have been under scrutiny and changes weren't made, at least not significant changes in my opinion. And so these things were left dangling. And I'm hopeful that the province will now take this opportunity based on what Justice Morocco mm-hmm. finds and make changes that will impact all of our communities. There'll be more oversight. Why would we not have mandatory training like we do for safe water, drinking after the Walker inquiry? Maybe we should be looking at making positions mandatory and having mandatory training. Uh, so I think there's a lot of potential great things that can come out of this inquiry. That will be good for Collingwood and for Ontario. And if that's the case, then we will have those discussions with the province. As a lawyer yourself, um, I'm not asking you to, to uh, be Justice Morocco and come up with it, but having seen the way it went down, to see the, the testimonies and, and that, uh, are you pleased that they did due diligence and that it was a fairly comprehensive, that we're going to get a very comprehensive study because of this? I think it was a very thorough and well-run inquiry. I think uh, all parties had an opportunity to present their sides, Mm -hmm. which is uh, a fundamental tenet of our legal systems. Uh, Justice Morocco is uh, an extremely accomplished and well-recognized judge. He's the second in command in Ontario. He's the Associate Chief Justice. And I have every confidence that his findings and his report will improve our community. Let's uh, move our attentions to the county. Uh, what the heck's going on with the waste? This has got to be uh, frustrating for everyone on council. It's been extremely frustrating for everyone on council. And uh, I, I think that uh, this issue really highlights uh, for us the labor shortage issues that mm. we're confronting. And this is just in one sector. And it will rear its head in our healthcare sector and our social yep. services sector as well. So the county and the, and our provider um, have, uh, I mean, there was a contract that was established. Uh, it was uh, done, you know, at the, with the best information of the day. They were paying uh, the drivers. I mean, it, you have to understand it's a very uh, physical job. It's one driver, and they're the ones that are also picking up the waste as well and getting it's it into the It's not a pleasant truck. job. It's a tough job. No one aspires to do that. And they were putting in very big incentives to make sure. So if you worked five days in the week, you got a bonus. If you worked on a Saturday, you got a bonus. And uh, they have tried every way possible. Uh, We've been looking at uh, hiring, uh, or they were hiring, um, a contract to handle the overflow um, uh, or the shortfall. And so uh, that said, in the circumstances, we were looked at, uh, we're looking at either investing another $8 million annually to do the weekly pickup or look at modifications to the system. And these are modifications that are, are uh, the current best practice in many municipalities, large municipalities across Ontario. So going to the biweekly waste pickup or, uh, and then having annu- a weekly green bin and mm-hmm. recycle, that's the standard across many large municipalities and regions in the province. So I think what we've done in the circumstances is uh, adopt uh, those best practices, and I think people will see that in the future that'll be the likely standard as we move forward with the new contract, which will be coming in the next two years. So uh, weekly garbage pickup is, could be as door-to-door mail. People are starting to lose that all the time. 
Yes, but you know when we look at when we established weekly pickup, we didn't have green bin pickup. Right. And so the green bin pickup, when you do, we measure we- uh, garbage waste by uh, weight. Right. And that's the heaviest component of our garbage. Mm. Okay. So if you're actually picking that up on a weekly basis, then what ends up in your garbage can is generally things that can't be recycled. And so what we should find if people are taking advantage of the green bin is that your actual garbage that's not recyclable or compostable is not a large amount. Mm. So when we look at that uh, metric, we know that now the uh, by picking up the waste compost or the compost green bin waste at weekly, then that's a more sustainable model moving forward. And it's certainly incentive weekly. for people to really take the green bin program seriously. Yes, uh, Simcoe County ranks among the top regions in the province for a green bin, uh, not green bin, sorry. A, Blue, the recycling, 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 yeah. and uh, and waste diversion. We're up mm-hmm. about sixty percent, and our target is to approach seventy percent. So our real metric there for uh, for improvement is the green bin, and I think that by going to the biweekly, you're incenting people absolutely to make sure that they get everything out of the garbage and into the green bin that they can. Mayor Brian Saunderson, the Town of Collingwood, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk of the Town. If folks want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Town Hall. I'm there five days a week. Uh, the number is 705-445-1030. I'm extension 8000. Or you can get me by email at bsaunderson at collingwood.ca.